Welcome, welcome, welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken, where we talk about the nerdy things that make us who we are. This is episode number 26. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic, and I ain't gonna lie. Um, I could complain, like everybody else in my life, about the heat and how stagnant it is and how it's making me tired and it's, I'm so sweaty. It's like, you're gonna complain about it now, then when the winter comes, because you're little babies, you're gonna complain about how cold it is and how much we don't get any summer in the UK. Just come on, like, just grow up, okay? Get yourself a fan. You know, use your hands, the what God gave you, and and fan yourself. You know, do the thing that we did in primary school and make a fan out of paper. There's ways to keep yourself cool, guys. Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy the heat. For some of you out there, I'm actually a person that prefers the cold, mostly because I burn hot anyway. Uh, but my 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 week's been great. Um, just been chilling, spending time with the misses, uh, reconnecting with some old friends. Uh, going out to social events. There was um, it was uh, my um, my partner's nephew's uh, birthday, uh, his third birthday. So he had a little um, get together at a uh, park. Uh, well, he didn't. His mum did. Um, but it was nice, you know. Good food, good vibes. Somebody um, accidentally gave me meat, like a meat samosa. Even though I asked no, him, uh, as it's got meat me, in Tony. it. Yeah, no. Um, I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't find out until the following day. Even now, I was eating and thinking to myself, "I'm just saying, like this is this doesn't taste like no vegetables I've ever tasted before." Nah, um, nah. Tony was chewing on this, like, mm, "Why do I feel euphoric? Why does it taste so good?" No, no. It, it actually didn't. It actually didn't taste good. Not that it was bad. It's right, just that it felt right. it felt off. And suffice right. to say, after I had it, I didn't actually eat anymore. I had my one plate, and I thought, I don't. I don't quite feel quite right. I feel a bit cheated, but I digress. Um, other than that, uh, I've had a good time. E3's happened. For people that don't know what E3 is, the uh, mm. uh, Electronics Entertainment Expo uh, is basically where they show off the new video games coming out. That's been fantastic. I saw the uh, Xbox event, which I'm excited um, for all of the video game geeks out there. I feel like we do a disservice on the show, uh, not talking about video games, but I do have plans for the future for a possible video game podcast spinoff. Um, that's still kind of TBD. Um, what else? Just a lot of good content, Ken. Between between the last two three weeks, just a lot of great content. Um, people obviously enjoying the football out there, um, and the basketball yeah, has but- been crazy. I don't know about you, Ken. But like, how, how's things with you? I, I think I talked enough. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, my guy. Um. Just like you were saying, um, it, it, it's, it's summertime fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Summertime fun. Um, enjoying the sun quite a bit, seeing people, seeing uh, my girl and everything. Um, one thing that I've been trying to just avoid now, it's not only the sun, yeah, but uh, my bank account as well. It <laughs> seems like uh, the, the, the sun <laughs> brings out the, uh, the spender in me, like yeah. I'm rich. Like literally the other day I was with my girl, I was like, babe, what do you want? <laughs> like, I, ne- I never say this, like, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what rapper like like uh, possessed me. He's like, yo, don't worry, everything. Like you loyal, you everything. Go what you want. We're gonna we're gonna get these shoes. Want these shoes? All right, let's get these shoes. Oh, you, you want to go to the restaurant? All right, let's go to the restaurant. Do you know what that is? That yeah, is man. your Nigerian uncle energy coming out right there. That's my Nigerian uncle yeah, energy. You you oh, come in with that that's straight the... uncle energy, baby, baby. I, I'll get you anything you want, baby. You are my pretty girl. I love you. 
<laughs> Standard. Yeah. yeah, man, but it was good. Uh, it hit, hit Monday. I'm like, oh, my, my bank account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, then let me, let me chill a bit. That's um, when it hits you it different, like right? When you just look yeah, at bro. it and you're thinking to myself, like, okay, this is all well and good, yeah, but why does my balance not match up with the actual money in my account? What is this? What are we doing here? Yeah, what is yeah, this about? Yeah. <laughs> you see, it, it, when I start doing math, I'm a math teacher. When yeah. I start doing math in my account, that's how you know I'm messed bro, up. <laughs> when you see your pending like, yo, yo, transactions mm. and you're thinking to myself, like, I definitely know I didn't, <laughs> I didn't spend this. Actually, no, I did. I did that, okay, that bro. one there, that charge is definitely, no, no, I did that yesterday. Okay, this one Bro. here for like a few hundred. I'd, oh yeah, no, that day I went, I went no, to the bar and me. got messed yeah. up. When um, your pending transaction is long. Oh my god! You know it's the worst, right? When your pending yeah. transactions get to the point where it's like closer to what you make in a month than what you have yeah. left in your account. That's when you know you yeah. got problems, bro. That's when you know you're thinking Mate. to yourself like, oh my god, how many days still paid it? Oh wow, it's still a month because I just got paid yesterday. I, oh no! Do you know I realized. Well, people subconsciously um, spend. Well, everyone. I think it is quite common knowledge. Mm-hmm. People subconsciously spend more. Yeah. Once they start making more. Yeah. So it's almost like just how like um, we might be spending this amount of money. Just how like it's summertime right now, enjoying ourselves. Yes. People be doing that on a regular basis, regardless. Yes. And then it makes you wonder, like, oh, what was I doing ten years ago? Like, right. oh man, I had money then. Why was I spending like that? It's because nah. you, you kind of check yourself, yeah, financially, subconsciously, because you know you ain't got it like that. It's like but the minute you got a little bit of savings, and then you spent your savings oh <laughs> for my the God. month. When you start dipping, when you say to yourself, like, oh, do you know, what? I kind of need it this week. Let me just give myself a little extra, a little, little, a little buffer. Then you go through and the buffer, you're thinking, up. like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? I need to get more of a buffer. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if like you you, um, you were your own like a uh, uh, a loan shark? Yeah. He's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> As needs actually, all right, cool. But I'm I'm gonna take them ankles. <laughs> yeah. Don't pay me back. <laughs> like, bro, it, it's that real because that's how strict you have to be with your finances. Oh, you have to, to the be. point where like you know you have to punish yourself. Yes. Like a, a like a pimp and a and and his and his hoes. <laughs> like you, you have know, to keep 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 it in line, man. You gotta <laughs> keep it in line. And I think you need to be fiscally responsible for for you out there that don't know what fiscal responsibility again is basically means being good with your money. And I I recommend to anybody when it comes to savings, when you get your money at the end of the month, you want to put away your lion's share. Like if you really want to be about your life and aim for something that you want to get, whether it be a car, whether you're putting towards your mortgage, whether, you know... Two words. What was that? Two words. Standing order. Pay yourself. Yes. Pay yourself like you're paying your bills. Pay yourself like you're paying your rent. Pay yourself like you're paying for national insurance. Seriously. Like, if if it goes out your account, you ain't thinking about it, you ain't worrying about it, like, oh, I've only got 200 pounds left. That's your budget now. Because you paid yourself. Standing order. Honestly, Ken, the way I work it out, right, after all of my direct debits, after paying my rent, you know, uh, my gas and electric, which I kind of pay week, uh, like, you know, um, ad hoc basis, right? Um, All of the things that I have to pay for, like phone and all of the things like that, separate that. Even then, the lion's share of the money that I have left is my savings. I literally leave myself with a small stipend at the end and say, like, this is your messing around money, but you don't know you don't use all of that if you can by the end of it have some of that to put in your ex- your savings as extra on top like it's all about it's all about being disciplined being strict 
and saying to yourself, I have goals and I choose to, like I literally told myself I am buying my house at the end of 2022. Like I'm literally going to look at my figure, which I've calculated by the amount that I'm saving on a monthly basis, how much I should have by the end. I'm talking about December 2022. I know the figure I'm supposed to have and that's when I'll be making the move on my house. And the only way to do that is full discipline. But let's not get too serious with the people out here. We're all about fun. Ken, just before we get into what we've been watching and what we're going to be discussing, I wanted to actually mention something. So um, we both watched Jupiter's Legacy. I'm a big fan of it. You sort of kind of like, you're, you're okay. You enjoyed it fine, right? Yeah, yeah. I so, enjoyed that. So yeah. I've been on my Twitter game, right? Just interacting with the people's Uh-oh. them. And Uh-oh. um I'm actually I'm one of those people I've turned around on Twitter. I kinda enjoy it. Like people seem to be a bit more open to communication, especially, you know, there's no delineation because I, I I'm a big old star and producer or you know celebrity i can't talk to you like people respond so obviously i've been having back and forth with people like mark millar you know the creator of jupiter's legacy but also within the com uh within the comments and the replies i i message that like you know it seems like we're not going to be able to find out for the next two years what really happened uh with the productionism where it got cancelled and somebody hit me up and i believe it's somebody that um Maybe he's supposed to be anonymous because they have no picture and they have a, a, a nonsense name, which is Gil and a series of numbers. And they basically uh, replied to me and said, like, oh, so part one of two, according to a recent article from Hollywood Reporter, the production was a mess. Netflix didn't want to pay $12 million per episode, which is pretty expensive, but a lot of prestige TV is actually, you know, going up there. Um, so they didn't want to pay 12 minutes yeah. per episode, which led to creative differences with the showrunner. He went over budget, so they replaced him and reshot the show twice. So I don't know whether that's Each. true about reshooting the show twice, because that seems like that would literally mean they've shot the show three times, which I, I don't believe. I think that would have been very apparent. But it does make sense why the time when I knew that this was the show was announced to the point where it actually got released, that was a very long and protracted production for only epi- eight episodes. So it makes sense now that that period yeah. of time. I just put it down to like, hey, it just happens. But now with context, it makes sense. Part two of two. So while the budget that we see on screen looks like 40 to $60 million, which I think is being a bit generous i think at times it looked cheaper but that might be due to the production woes but anyway the real budget got around to 200 million dollars and i imagine all the rewrites is why the story feels like a mess in points that's sad because the show yeah. had potential to be amazing so in an ideal situation if maybe uh netflix actually paid for the original budget which is you know 12 million over eight ken what is the mass on that 12 million over 8k so 12 million over eight episodes so 12 times eight did i just hear you click 12 times eight 12 times eight did i just hear you click on your laptop ken yeah bro i'm off duty 96 96 look at you tragic so really and truly they would have actually had the show done granted it's expensive but not as expensive as something like you know falcon winter soldier but if they actually respected his budget of 12 million uh, they would have actually saved a lot of money, like literally 100%. So in yeah, the long yeah. run, well, they shut themselves in the foot. G- g- give or take marketing. Give or take marketing, but with Netflix, they're pretty minimal with their marketing anyway. Uh, Very minimal. So yeah. it's one of those ones. You, could, you I would assume that the budget 
that they announce usually includes marketing but i, I, I don't don't quote me on that uh but yeah just to find that out you know it's a, it's kind of sad to uh to find out because i was a really big a big fan of the show uh because i was a big fan of the comic book uh but in it, good news it, it always it always upsets me when i see shows like this get um cancelled because yeah. of things that happen outside and then you see bad shows be getting season after season after season after cheap. season I'm like what because they're cheap like there's y- like yeah that, that's really it there's like that, shows really on netflix it. that got panned on their first season and just got multiple seasons because they were just really cheap to turn over and they knew that they had an audience for it um yeah made a steady stream of money yeah uh the good news is um mark millar he and <laughs> Oh, pardon me, a little bit gassy there. Uh, he announced uh, a, another volume of Jupiter's Legacy called Jupiter's Requiem, uh, which I'm assuming is set uh, around the 60s and 70s, um, pr- probably explaining more uh, the, the period of time when Skyfox was a uh, villain, uh, which is kind of dealt in the comic books as well, but I feel like maybe Requiem might be dealing with it a bit deeper. Also mentioning that before... Um, Lady Liberty and Utopian got together. Um, Lady Liberty might have had a relationship with Skyfox, which is interesting. Uh, but other than that, Ken, okay. what have you been watching? What have, you been, what have we been watching? What are we discussing today, Ken? Off the bat, what's the first oh, thing you want to get we, into? We're we, we, we discussing that uh, Teresa from, from Netflix. Yes. Um, and this one caught me off guard, man. Just like we were saying earlier about Netflix and how they don't spend money on marketing. Mm-hmm. Literally, the only time I know about new shows is when I turn on my Xbox and, and open up Netflix. Like, oh, there's something yeah. brand new. Because gone are the days where we're watching TV mm-hmm. in between shows, you see trailers for uh, for TV shows or films. Yes. Like, because where else can you watch it? The only other right. time you can watch full-length trailers or anything is when you, one, either actively search for it because mm-hmm. it came up on Instagram post or uh, Twitter or, or anywhere else or Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and you just click on it to watch it. Or two, it catches you by surprise because... Now you're watching an ad that you're going to skip in five seconds. Yeah, and and even when you're skipping those ads, like I, I, it's rare to see trailers. Yeah, so it's almost as if you're making these trailers, but for who? Mm-hmm. And it's only for for it to be shared. You don't see it on TV anymore. Well, that's um, the unique so thing, yeah. right? Because I think yeah. um, the reason why, and this is my assumption, could be completely wrong. But imagine it, right? You are TV. You are dying medium because everything is moving to street is streaming, right? If you're Network X, that's say Sky One, which you do, Sky One has its own streaming platform. You're probably not really incentivized to actually advertise a Netflix show or a HBO Max show or a Amazon show because you don't want to give your direct competitor because Sky's got Sky now. Netflix. Is oh there. yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think um, they would ever. Uh, um, advertise uh, other TV shows, yes. shows. Even like with with um, like Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon mm. ain't never gonna like show trailers for Cartoon Network. No, for you'll never see that. But you know? it's like I feel like, but definitely for films. I feel like there's more of a chance of seeing like in between an ad for a Netflix show, which is rare. I don't. I feel like Netflix is very much of the vibe. It's like we have our user base. We're growing it, but it's been we've actually had better luck through word of mouth than we've had from any I ad, was about to say. ad campaign. Yeah. So it's. 100%. You know, right now they're looking at I think just under twenty, uh, two hundred million users worldwide. Um, that's a, a that's two hundred million people saying like, "Oh, I watch this new show on Netflix." Oh, what's Netflix? Yeah. Because I've been living under a rock. Oh, Netflix is a streaming service, and there we have yeah. it. Yeah, it, it's changed. Just like you said, it is word of mouth, mm. and I think it's also 
um, them heavily not relying on, just like we said, TV, but uh, relying on uh, other things. Because anytime uh, a new show or whatever comes out, they always do a press tour. Yes. Where, okay, they're now at uh, this interview. Yeah. Or they might do hot ones. Or they might do that interview. Or they do like, oh, um, when you type into Google someone's name. Yeah. Or they might make it onto a Saturday Night Live. Or, yeah. you know, they might make it onto a, a night show. Um, so true. yeah, it, I guess some of the old stuff is still there, but they're dropping some of the uh, um, some of the old stuff as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's not harp too much on the business and whatever. But yeah, we are watching Clearly, and I, I, I genuinely, and that, that's why I mentioned about the whole marketing thing mm-hmm. because I'm someone that doesn't watch trailers anymore, yeah. not properly anyway, not unless it's something brand new. And we've talked about this extensively. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so. I, I loved watching trailers when I was young yeah. because everything was brand new. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm watching this brand new genre. Oh, wow, what do you mean they're going to explode this thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, what do you mean this is horror? Everything is new. Yeah. But, you know, we've watched a lot of films, watched a lot of TV shows, so we're so used to uh, picking up on certain tropes, which we're yeah. going to talk about with another film uh, later on. Yeah. But we're so used to picking up on tropes. It's kind of like, all right, cool. Seeing a little bit of a trailer kind of reveals a lot about the film to us nowadays. Mm. So unless it's something that is completely off the wall, crazy and brand new, like the new Christopher Nolan film that might come out later on or whatever, yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's very, it's very easy to gain an opinion and be and very hard to be wrong about yeah. a film nowadays. So you can see something and be like, okay, I know exactly what it's about. So I'd rather just be surprised. And to let's say, definitely surprise me. Um, I because, feel you on that. Yeah. But what I do do yeah. um, do do. Uh, but what yeah. I do um, is that I look through the Netflix trailer. So, you know, on Netflix, on the phone app specifically, there's like a little tab to go through what's coming up. And obviously, when you scroll through it, it shows you like a small trailer clip um, as you go. So, yeah. And it gives you the opportunity to click on things that you want to save for later. Because unfortunately, with Netflix is right. You're relying on the fact that even on their home screen, they'll do like advertising to you. But problem is, a lot of these shows, when they come out, the discoverability is absolutely poor. Unless it's one of those ones is off the bat, it's ranked highly, loads of people are watching it, so it's coming up on the top 10. You might not even see it come up on the home screen. So I actually go through the list of trailers and sometimes I just look at them briefly, maybe the first 10 seconds and I'll be like, okay, this looks interesting. Uh, I'm going to add that to my list. Then I keep, I just keep on going and like that's how I find some of these gems. Like There's a lot of foreign shows and movies that, Netflix just doesn't even advertise on their actual app, let alone whether it's on I, YouTube and stuff. I, I think they do that deliberately. Mm. So people are always like randomly like sorting through things because the minute they start organizing something, mm-hmm. the less people will watch. I think people want to be surprised with like, oh, I, I've been recommended this, yeah. but I would never have found it unless Netflix recommended it. But that's like, the thing, they don't even to, do a like, good job of recommending it. That's the problem. There's been legit shows well, that like I have advocated people and they say like, oh my God, is that a new show? I'm like, no, it's like two years old. And they said, wait, yeah. it doesn't, I don't see it at all. And when they literally go into the search thing, it's one of those ones, there's like, it's several letters in before they even pops up on the search. And it's like, it's yeah. Netflix is slowly becoming like the YouTube algorithm, the Instagram algorithm where discoverability is becoming very, very difficult. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of to give, I, I don't know, it's, it's weird because by, by them doing that, because I, I, I always think about cable mm-hmm. or back in the day, Sky, right? Where 
you'd pay for different packages you'll pay for kids you pay for discovery you pay for news you pay for that you pay for sport for this 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 that that whatever whatever because everything is so organized and you know what everything is mm-hmm. you end up paying for a lot of things that you genuinely just don't watch yes and 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 you know i see that with netflix or what they're trying to do is i call you paying for this but we're not going to organize it because it's to give other shows a chance for us to recommend stuff for you. If things were super duper organized, then people would just like keep watching the same things. Well, that's the thing. I don't think it's a issue. I don't think it's an issue of organization because obviously they have a search function. It's just the fact that if, if they don't choose to put it in their top screen, you might not ever see it because for example, right. If, uh, with how the algorithm works you see it all the time when you watch something it's it, uh, at the end of it whether it's the season done or the movie done it's like because you like this we recommend this so if you're very much a yeah. person that's only into a certain genre because you keep watching that certain genre that algorithm is going to push out everything else so you miss out on a lot of gems there's legit there's people that I know that like um Oh, I forgot what movie it was, but it was like a pretty uh, big Netflix movie. Not big, actually. Take that back. It wasn't a huge Netflix movie. Well, it was a, a new movie by um, starring a- uh, Emily Adams. It's um, it's forgot what it's called. I think the the woman in the window, right? Now, yeah. because this person, the only thing that they watch on Netflix is reality TV shows, right? Legit, it didn't pop uh, pop up on there on their home screen. Whereas with my one right. and a lot of people that I know, it popped up on their home screen. So it's like. It's this discovery, the discoverability that's an issue, and that's why I go through their list of trailers because they, with the list of trailers, it shows everything and it will show you the date of release and all of that, and that's why I still kind of appreciate trailers because without it, it's like you don't know what you don't like. You know, it's it's great if you're surprised by it, but if it doesn't pop up on your screen, you can't even get surprised by it. So, but let's get into it, Ken Tresse. Uh, What is it about? Tresse. Well, um, Tresse is a uh, detective. Um, well, it's a weird type of detective. She's a supernatural detective. Um, is she, she goes a detective? about trying to maintain... Is she a detective? Um, she try- well, we're going to get into that because mm-hmm. that's the interesting thing about what she, she does. Um, Tresse is... Um, uh, Alexandra Tresse, she's someone that... Um, is trying to keep the peace, mm-hmm. but not like a police, a, n- a normal detective, um, like a, uh, but by keeping the peace, not with humanity, but with humanity and all the other factions of the supernatural, mm-hmm. um, just like the legacy of her father, yes. her, late, her, fa- her late father. So she goes about, so the main premise of the show is following Tresse as she goes about uh, ensuring that there is peace amongst the different factions mm-hmm. and ensure uh, and making sure that they <laughs> are nice and and still together mm-hmm. uh, in case of an impeding uh, uh, prophecy that could potentially decimate um, the natural balance that they have. So she is very well versed in the uh, in magic to ensure that she's able to, you know, make sure. Uh, how can I even describe it? Um, that humanity doesn't, it isn't caught in the crossfire of all the weird magical things that happen in this. It just reminded me, actually, this is a question I wanted to ask you, uh, Tony, now that mm-hmm. you fully watched it. Um, how many characters does she remind you of? Just from what you know about pop culture, yeah. TV shows, films. 
To be I honest, remind you. The, the easy one for me is literally imagine if Buffy and Angel had a baby. Ah, there it is. There it is. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Buffy and Angel, man. Yeah. And, and you know, if people know about Buffy and Angel, you know that it got weird with Buffy and Angel. There was underseeded, uh, uh, under, uh, underbelly of, of, of crime and magic with different mm-hmm. um, types of supernatural beings. Yes. This also reminded me of Constantine. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Batman quite a bit with some of his escapades. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me a little bit of the universe of Brightburn with Will Smith, where we have um, uh, different Ken, factions of Ken, people. Ken. Yep. Yep. Brightburn and Will Smith. Oh, okay, I've got... Oh, Bright. Is it just Bright? It's just Bright. My bad. Yeah. It reminds me of the universe uh, of Bright with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Bright, but apologies. Um, where there's different factions of people. But the main difference between um, Bright and uh, Teresa's universe mm-hmm. is that humans ain't really aware of what's what's going on I, uh, behind closed doors. I, I, I think that's a mistake. And I, I understand where that came, comes from. It looks like they're not aware, but they are. Um, it's one of those ones that show doesn't do a good job of explaining that. I think they're not aware of everything, but it's like very first episode, you see the dead ghost. Nobody's shocked. And even the police officer, like even asks about it. And there's other people that even mention the Aswang. So one thing I want to say, Ken, that was a good explanation about the show, but I think you did a major disservice. I think off the bat. Oh, no. Like there's there's a lot to talk no, about. No, there's a lot to talk about, but I'm actually very surprised that you didn't mention a very very big component of the show. The big component of the show is that this show is all set in Manila, Philippines. So this whole show, yes, is actually about a uh, Filipino mythology, like a uh, folklore. So you have things called um, so like the kind of like the main monster protagonist or one of at least is uh the aswang clan which is like a, a species of filipino vampires and like if you get into like the law and actually i i love this show on so many levels let me get that off the back because one it underserves a major a, kind of like a, a, a major community out there i feel like across the world there's a lot of people from the philippines i know i know like you know working in the nhs there's a lot of people of filipino uh ancestry and you know first generation filipinos uh so just for this show to actually uh exist you know having some friends and people that i'm familiar with from the philippines watching shows like grim one of my favorite episodes where it deals with the aswang which was actually my my first exposure to filipino folklore uh, the Aswang in 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 like uh, Filipino folklore, they're like vampires, but they're unique in the sense that like some of their folklore stories, like they actually prey on pregnant women and actually suck the amniotic fluid of the pregnant woman while they're asleep, which actually led to the stories of you know miscarriages. So when people used to have miscarriages, it was to believe, oh, you got attacked by the dark spirit of the Aswang. Uh, you got other creatures like uh, the Tikbalan, which is uh, like a whole species like uh, of horse people. But they're not like centaurs where they're sexy humans at the top with horse bodies. It's like literally imagine like a horse standing upright, you know, hands but hoofs at the bottom. Um, well, that race got the best of both worlds because, yeah. yes, they can stand up and they look absolutely beastly mm-hmm. um with a slight humanoid aspect of it yeah 
but then they can turn into humans. Yeah, because of all of the, the magic and the spirits and the spells and stuff. Yeah, um, this show is absolutely brilliant. Like the animation, you, you, it's a sad shame you don't get a lot of things representing like the uh, the lesser known aspects of Asia, right? You know, we know all know about Chinese cinema, we know about Japanese animation, but we don't even know a lot about Korean animation. Like we forget that Korea actually has a thriving animation scene. Mostly the fact that most of the nineties cartoons that you grew up nineties and eighties were produced and animated in Korea. Perfect example is GI Joe. Um, you got other things like um, the X-Men. I think the, the first X-Men, uh, well, the one in the nineties, should I speak of, uh, was, uh, some of the animation, well, most of the animation was actually done from a Korean studio. I think the intro was a Japanese studio and the actual episodes were animated by a Korean studio. So to actually have like this Korean story, which I think it's got um, both American slash Filipino co-production. I don't know about the yeah. animation studio. I don't know whether, Ken, you got that on screen and you can correct me on it. But, you know, it's got a lot of um, Filipino... Um, voice talent people that even know where filipino descent for example um nicole scherzinger from the from the um pussycat dolls and nicole scherzinger fame um she is a uh, part filipino um you got mm. other people you got uh, you know uh, if anybody's watched the uh, the good place the guy that played jason uh who pretended to be a monk he is uh, he's in the show he plays one of the tikbalan um the horse people and he's he's really good in it really great voice acting great voice cast entertaining story it's really well written and the way it explores um filipino folklore and the concept of the god of war and the apocalypse nature uh great characters all around and very very gruesome like one character that i stuck with me again i don't know about you but was the mayor right this guy was so messed up. What he used, to, what you find out is like early on, he's basically yeah. made a deal with the uh, one of the clans of the Yazwang, and basically he's taking like the poor people, the vagrants. He takes them off the streets, right? Makes it look like he's actually bringing them into shel shelters, getting them fed like good, healthy food. But what you don't find out is that he's actually getting them plump and ready for the Yazwang that literally eat into them. And he gets caught, eventually gets arrested. But while in prison, he actually makes a deal with um, this creature. And I forget what, 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 it, uh, what it is off the top of my head. But these creatures, they have familiars and the familiars are human. And they pursue upon them riches, good fortune and power. And what he does is actually he starts cutting into his own flesh, like his belly flesh cuts it up, puts it in the food, and anybody that eats his flesh, he actually automatically has control over. But you actually see it in the animation. They don't hide it. He's got his top open, and you just see his stomach half exposed, like different layers of tissue from skin to fat to muscle to, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's they, gruesome. They made, they made a nice, they made a nice uh, point in uh, when they were explaining about the type of magic that he's using. Mm -hmm. That like uh, when you're using dark magic, that's not free will. No. So he was denying people free will, and he they, those people were basically becoming his slaves yes. as he was taking them over. Which is in this universe the definition of uh, well the distinction between dark magic and um, uh, moral magic yeah. or white magic, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And I thought that was a really nice touch. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah, bro. Like, I, like Trissa, it, it it definitely impressed me. I, I wasn't feeling it too much. I, I didn't like the stills when they're doing the exposition in the first uh, scenes mm-hmm. in the first episode. But then slowly, I thought, let me look past. Let me just keep watching the, yeah. the show. And man, it grew on me, man. Like, it's it, I, I love the characters. Yeah. I, I love the little uh, the the brothers. I don't know if they were twins, but the brothers that were the sons um, of... that we later find out were the sons yes. of the uh, the gods that was of, to, God almost like the god of god of destruction. Yeah. Or god of war like i feel like all these gods from different mythologies might be the same person in disguise but as we know the god of war and the god of destruction and everything yeah um but you know down to the um police uh captain that was ride or die with her dad and and her uh, um from from day yeah um the, the character that i thought was was fleshed out but felt like two characters mm-hmm. was actually Tresse, like Alexandra Tresse, because they did the thing where let's flesh out this character not by, you know, showing who she is in in present, mm-hmm. but let's show who she is in her past. Yeah. So we got to know a lot more about how she came up with her and her dad and with the police captain and the boys as well. Yeah. And that's when you got to see a more emotional side of her, even down to when she had to go away and do a trial to actually uh, survive and, you know, come and become the full fledged, <laughs> almost like Batman-esque where she uh, risen from the darkness to become a much more grittier and more uh, uh, um, uh, whole character. Yeah. And um, w- one thing that I found quite interesting is that anytime you saw a present day, Alexandra, she didn't emote. She was just brooding mm-hmm. like any male, male male character from the past. But there was nothing that would show in the present day that drew out any other emotion except for brood, brood, mm-hmm. brood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only time we did see any emotion is when we saw flashbacks with her mom, flashbacks yeah. with her dad, flashbacks with her um, her stepbrothers, uh, more or less. And I, and I did find that... Um, a bit lacking in 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 an emotional uh, character development in the present day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they were leaning heavily on the past rather than uh, the present. Th- and you know what? That's that's fine. I think they might be saving that to... to season two. My my suspicion. I, I was, right? was going to say um, there might say, be yeah. a romance subplot between her and uh, Ma- Mal- Maliski, the uh, the 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 prince of the Tikbalan. Because uh, you have you ever read the comic? No, I've never read it, but I just kind of get the vibe. That, that's why he's there because obviously like you know he he's when he's in human form he's a good looking guy there's a moment where they have a bit of a tension whether sexual i don't know but at the same time i get what you're talking about where there's no uh, emotional growth in the in the present day but it seems like as being this uh what i like to call the arbiter of the truth right so essentially she's you can't really necessarily call her a police officer or a detective or anything like that she's kind of like an arbiter of this truce between the underworld and the human world and she's just kind of there to kind of like there's a moment in it right she's you see a bus into this aswang factory or market where they're literally shipping around human bodies like you see torsos you see brains you see livers and organs and stuff like that just like being packaged and she's only really there to get this information from this guy. She's not breaking in to stop the facility because I think like there's a certain status quo when it comes to it. They think certain things have to be allowed, right? As long as it's not outside of certain permissions. So maybe these Aswan Red Hood. Pardon? Like Red Hood. How so? Because um, I remember watching it. It was like, all right, cool. You guys can 
keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. There has to be some kind of like crime underbelly anyway. Yeah. Because if you disrupt that, it's going to cause more problems. Yeah. Just don't sell to kids. Right. Don't do this, right. this, this. Right. I got strict rules. Yeah. But you know, we'll t- we'll turn a blind eye because yeah. you know we understand that this has there has to be some form of peace yeah. or there will be war. So yeah. maybe it's the case that you know they they're allowed to like you know if there's criminals if there's you know bad people yeah sure you can take them, but you don't take innocent people. You don't know they don't get into it. But she when she breaks into that as one facility, she's not there to stop the facility. She's just there to get information from the uh, the head of that clan. And when she gets it and also takes the guy's eye, which she does this really cool magic where she dips the eye in water, then dries it out on a cloth, speaks these magic words, and it actually projects the last image that person saw. Uh, or, you know, conveniently is always a person that they're looking for. Um, but the, 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 the it creates this idea that, like, she's there to maintain a certain, sta- certain status quo where there's not an imbalance. Like the underworld doesn't get dis- destroyed by the human world and the human world doesn't get destroyed by the underworld. There's like both things have to exist and they have to exist in balance and harmony. And I think that's her her true pr- purpose. I I thought this show was absolutely brilliant. Well written, well voice acted, well animated. I can't wait for season two and I recommend anybody to watch it. If you are, if you have a penchant, and that's French, for... Uh, for mythology or folklore and you want to experience something new you know you're tired of the greek mythology the norse mythology even to some degree lesser represented you know egyptian mythology you want something like oh this is interesting this is creepy this is you know this is something new i recommend Chrese, like straight up you know and for all of them if we have any filipino listeners listeners here that are not familiar like get into it like this is this is this is your moment to 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 advocate for this stuff to if you want to be represented a bit more where you don't have maybe some of your actors uh from your background pretending to be people of other races you know you need to speak up if you want to see more filipino stuff speak up watch this stuff advocate push it out there this was a slam dunk for me yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love that they um, took a different spin. Well, we've seen this quite uh, a few times mm-hmm. with the Chosen One story yeah. because he, you learn very quickly in this series that she's the uh, the sixth child of the sixth child. Yeah. She, she's the Chosen One. That re- When I heard that, it reminded me of... Um, it wasn't Highlander. It was... Um, Oh, that film where it's like, oh, the tenth son of the tenth it's, it's son, the seventh oh, son. Some... It was the seventh son. It's with uh, the se- seventh son, Jeff Bridges, yeah, yeah, and well, the uh, this other guy. I always forget his name, but that movie was terrible. Oh, Kit K- Harrison was in actually. Um, um, yeah, man, like, and it gave me a lot of those vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, the chosen one kind of aspect. But the reason why I kind of rolled my eyes initially is like, oh, another one. Yeah. But then we got a nice little twist. That I'm not going to reveal too tough. Yeah. Uh, here that uh, kind of flips it on its head, mm-hmm. which is really, really nice and a lot more realistic because, uh, well, when I say realistic, uh, I mean a lot more interesting from what we've seen before, mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay, not just, okay, you're a chosen one, therefore everything's fine. And that's what you've been told all your life. But now she's in a position by the end of season one where she is like, all right, cool. She's questioning like everything that she's learned up until today, everything that she's been through, mm-hmm. everything that she's been told to actually see, okay, so what does that make me? Like, who am I really? And I thought that was quite nice. Like I said, I'm being very careful with my words. I'm not trying to reveal too much, but we do uh, find out um, uh, certain things about who she is, where she came from, and what had to happen for her to 
be alive and who she is, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to her family. Uh, and I, I, I loved it because it, it, it didn't shy away from very, very, very dark themes, even with the um, a good natured aspects of her family or or the people around her. Like it, it alluded to one key thing that no one is perfect. Her family ain't perfect. The police captain ain't perfect. He, he was very humble in the way he does things because he recognizes that I, I ain't a saint. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a good person, but I'm trying to make amends for it. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. So yeah, trust me. Like I can't wait for part two. Um, they left it a lovely cliffhanger. Um, I want to. I'll talk to you off 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 the mic tone to to, to what you think that actually means. That final scene yeah. after the end credit or towards the end credits. Yeah. Um, I I have a good idea, but you might have the exact same idea. Right. But I would love to know your opinion of it later on. But yeah, guys, if you ain't checked it out, check it out. Brand new. Did I say like it? it it, they they released a um thirty minute special. Um, it appeared the minute after it it, it uh, finished playing on on my Netflix, mm-hmm. and it was uh, a Q and A with the creators and the voice actors of of Tressa, just just to see where it came from, um, what it took to develop it, um, and the incredibly relatively short time between the comic and Netflix picking it up and making it a full blown yeah uh, TV show. And I thought that was absolutely beautiful to watch. Um, and I, I always love watching extra credit uh, content like that because it does make you appreciate uh, the content a lot more. It gives you a deeper insight to how they came up with it, how they were just regular guys that like we, we care about our people, we care about our folklore. And just like you said, it, it, it's a way of showing, okay, this we're so used to seeing a certain type of story from certain groups of people or specific groups of people. Let's tell really, really capable action thriller fantasy stories of other groups based on their real world uh folklore and i think that's that's a beautiful way to uh, to show representation because the amount of times that just like you said instead of just getting a race swap uh character let's actually explore the culture of a people mm-hmm. and actually uh, create great stories about it and that's what and that's what we got here yeah but yeah i can harp on about this all day uh solid 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 show yeah um, Tone, what are we trying to talk about next? So, um, new movie that uh, dropped on Paramount Plus, uh, another streaming service. So we've got so many streaming services again. Everything needs to be streamed. There's no such thing as uh, watching a pre-recorded program on television anymore. It has to come through your internet on a proprietary service platform that you have to pay monthly for. So. New one I mean, called for all these services. You must be spending about two hundred pounds. It's 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 crazy, bro. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's reached a point where like I wouldn't be surprised if there is a company out there that consolidates all of these packages into another subscription. And basically, we're going back to the days of actually having a Sky subscription again, because that's how that's how it's going to be, right? I know, I know. There's certain that's how it started. There's actually some Sky packages where you can get like Netflix as part of your package where they realize that this this stuff is getting out of hand and you know anyway i digress let's get into it we're talking about this new movie mark Wahlberg, starring mark Wahlberg and she would tell edgy for called infinite uh so infinite on a basic level i'll give you the basic rundown is imagine the world where there's few people about 500 people on the planet that are not only just aware of reincarnation, but they experience reincarnation. And when they are dead and 
brought back to life in in a new life, a new beginning. They actually um, have the ability to regain their memories of a previous life. Um, But with that said, within this community, this small community of people, of these gifted, um, there's two factions that have arisen. One faction known as the Believers, who believe that they were put there for a greater purpose. What that greater purpose is, we might get into that bit later. Does it make sense? Does it not make sense? I don't know. Uh, the other side, known as the Nihilists, which they didn't even try with that name. They didn't even try to be interesting or original with that name. Right. But the Nihilists, right. who believe that, no, we've lived long enough. We want to die. But they realize that it's not that easy. Because if you die, you get reincarnated in a new life and you have all your memories again. But they have enough. So their plan is that is basically, well, if it requires life for us to be, you know, reincarnated, why don't we just get rid of life? So their plan is to destroy all life on the planet. So therefore, they can't come back. And Chiwetel Ejiofor plays the villain in this, uh, who is... I really like his performance, Ken. It's like the right kind of moustache-twirling villain. Uh, and he does it with such camp and zeal and and and, and energy. Pretty much the only... He looks like he's enjoying being the bad oh, guy. Oh, he really is. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. He's, he is enjoying it. And he's given the only energy in this film. But uh, it stars Mark Wahlberg as this main character who's... Kind of a down and night guy. He's he got di- diagnosed with schizophrenia, um, what he believed was schizophrenia, um, and he's tried to live his life, but he can't get a job. Try initially when you meet him, he's trying to get in the job in the in the in a restaurant, uh, but he doesn't get to give him a job because he previously assaulted a woman. Uh, he thought he was justified. It was honor. The woman was being rude, and he was trying to protect the clientele. Um, screws up that interview. Leaves. And he's running out of his psychotic medication uh, because, you know what, healthcare is a B and you need money to get your medication. So he basically somehow knows how to forge swords, uses that as a gift to basically go to his dealer who gets his drugs for him illegally. And again, shows off his honor, protects this woman from being sliced up by these uh, drug dealers, uh, ends up on the run and gets collected by the... um, the organization known as the Believers. Um, this movie was rubbish, Ken. This, <laughs> this, this movie <laughs> sucked. Like Bro. legit, they they. You, I don't I don't know what they were thinking. So the, the weird thing about the film, and let's just get into it. And I'm going to be spoilerific. Um, Mark Wahlberg is a resurrected character, and I don't even know his name. It's probably something generic. Um, but like he's a, a, a resurrection, not resurrection. So I'm, I don't feel like the word resurrection really, really works. But he plays a guy called Evan McCauley, who um, is a reincarnation of a Heinrich Trida. And the weird thing is like, which the movie does address, is that names don't really mean anything. Because essentially you live, for that, you, you live forever through reincarnation and you remember your previous life. So... You might be born with a name because, you know, early on when you're born into that new life, you know, you're a baby. You're going to be given a name. But a lot of these guys, they end up choosing their own name. So Heinrich, um, Heinrich Tridau, I think. I I can't pronounce it properly. Um, Yeah. 
he he's basically played by Dylan O'Brien, which I feel bad for him. I say this all the time, Ken, and you've heard me say it, but like Hollywood likes to push the young white performer, sometimes the young black actor, to the point where they're pushed so hard and because their movies that they star in suck so bad or don't do well, they're forgotten. And I feel like that's what's happening to, to Dylan O'Brien. He's just about staying in there. And um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's not Shredao, it's tre- a Treadway. So they refer to him as Treadway all the way through. And there's an awesome scene where he's in a car, he's on the run being chased by the nihilist. He's got his sword with him. He's healing up a wound that is like, you know, he just cut himself. You don't know why he's cut himself or if he cut himself or maybe somebody else cut him. Like, But he's there trying to tend to a wound while driving. Then he does this thing where he sticks his hand out in the the air and this energy kind of appears around him and somehow he's able to spin the car off um an unfinished freeway throw himself out the window land on this crane which just absolutely amazing and guess what they do that only once in the film the other time where they you see that that was never explained it was never explained. never explained they only say that some some infinites who uh live long enough and have an understanding of the world and reality and existence develop this ability so only him basically it seems like only Treadway knows how to do this because it doesn't seem like the villain played by Chirito Ejiofor called Bathurst uh, knows how to do this it seems like only Treadway does and they only use it once the second time they kind of use it it's just basically him standing standing up on the moving plane that's it somehow he's able to defy the laws of physics and just stand on the moving plane Tony we call this film Infinite, yeah, but it's actually a sequel of another franchise. Give me it to me. What is it a sequel to? This is the fr- this is the sequel to the Matrix. <laughs> okay, okay, Ken. For mother, Ken, if I if beat. I was around you, I this w- was the Matrix. <laughs> Ken, if I was around you right now, because um, obviously for people that don't know, we are not actually recording together. We are recording from the safety of our own home. But if I was around you, Ken, do you know what I'll do? I'll do two things to you. First. Yeah. I will slap you. Then I will slap yeah. you slightly harder for saying that. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? No, this is Tony, nothing like the Tony. Matrix, Ken. No, you besides, will, oh, no, no, no. Okay, break it down to it's me. It's weird it how you me. say break that. Break it down to me. But you haven't let me land. Go land your plane about the slaps, where you're standing on it. I will I, 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 will, I will dodge both those slaps. Go on. But no, like, um, yeah, when I say that, mm-hmm. bro, almost every, like some of the, uh, the biggest set pieces or the, or the ideas in this, yeah. It borrowed so heavily from the no, Matrix. No, no, I want you to elaborate now, because I, f- and, I feel like and, you're being and, vague. Yeah, yeah, well, wow. It sounds like you interrupted. Bro, like, let, get let me into say it. what I'm saying. Get into it. Land like, this plane. So far, you're coasting. I want you to land. No, no, no. This borrows so much from the okay. Matrix. It does. Like, and, and not in a not in a positive way. Like, by, by no means is this a good film. Okay. No. They, they, they like, every, every almost every two seconds, like, I was like, wait a minute. This looks just like, oh, wow. They just use that as well. So I can pinpoint multiple times for this film when I'm like, okay, cool. They, they they offhandedly try to be the Matrix or at least the Chosen One story. So, well, that was the first one. He is the Chosen One. He's the one that gets reincarnated. Oh, if anyone knows the story Ken, about the Matrix, that is the Neo isn't the only one. That is tenuous is at best. The... Wait, yeah, yeah. Wow, Tony, have I finished? Okay, all right. All right, go, go. All right. You land that plane. So, there's just like a lot of turbulence. Knows, 
Okay, okay, okay. Oh, do you want to continue for me? No, you go, man. But hey, I'm just I'm All just right, here cool. for the ride. So that's like I was saying, and like, it's the chosen one story from the Matrix, where like um, as we know, Neo is not the first um, one that has uh, that has you know protected Zion and whatever or reset the whole system, mm-hmm. right? So already from that, I was like, okay, so it's it's a repeat of that, uh, almost reincarnation of the one. Mm-hmm. Or the chosen one that has, for some reason, unexplained abilities like Neo did when he stopped the Sentinels. Right. Just like we saw when he was holding out his hand to do this crazy uh, car flip or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Even because um, even when he was going to sell his sword to the drug dealer, mm-hmm. it reminded me so much of him of Neo selling um, the data. Yeah. Because he was a hacker to uh, people to help them out with something. Yeah. Um, the whole idea that he uh, notices things that no one else notices, mm-hmm. kind of like Neo did when he was like, man, do you ever feel like, you know, you wake up, but you're still dreaming type thing. I was like, oh, like people said, I have schizophrenia. Like I have different uh, mentalities. You know, he has his own, you know, uh, female lead that saves his life, but then he e- ends up to ho- uh, holds himself down mm-hmm. while she tries to save him. You know, you have the sacrifice to save the chosen one, just how like Morpheus sacrificed himself to try and like, no, Neo's the one. Yeah. And then you had that big burly bearded guy that more or less did the exact same thing. Yeah. Like I, I just felt a lot of those. And then even you got to, you know, how they got dressed up real nice to go see an almost Oracle type um, character mm-hmm. to help him revive or tell him who he is. Kind of like the Oracle. No, I was, I'm not going to agree with on that one. He wasn't nothing like an Oracle. The guy was an absolute idiot oh, no, no, no. that didn't even know what he was doing. Yes, 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 he was. But the whole idea was that they dressed up really nice to go see someone for, to tell the main character who they are or help them understand who they are. Whether he is a, exactly like the Oracle, mm-hmm. no, no. In terms of the intention of that scene, yeah. it was very similar to the Oracle, yeah. right? So I couldn't help but think about this every single time. I was like, okay, cool, what are they going to do yeah. next? And then it ended up uh, in him more or less you know, doing the voiceover at the end. Right. Just like Neo at the end, fully aware of uh, um, what, what's happening with yeah. it now the reason why I say it's it's like the Matrix beyond those few things is because um, well they try to be as sci-fi and action packed with an absolutely batshit crazy villain mm-hmm. who was relentless like the agents um, with a very undying plan obviously with the agents of the Matrix they were programmed to fight uh, uh, um, uh, the main character uh, just like um, uh uh, this guy as well he, he he was so his conviction was so high right. even to the point where like when um even though it wasn't caused by this guy uh, when he was in that water and he was drowning and he almost died yeah. or whatever it reminded me so much when the agent shot Neo in the chest and then he had to die to be rebirthed to unlock all his memories and stuff and that's kind of what happened in the film as well but no like i said it, it just reminded me so much of it right. I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's it's a good film mm-hmm. I'm saying that it, it leans heavily with a lot of the ideas that the Matrix used, and I found it so jarring to watch. And one of the main reasons that um, I didn't like yeah. it because it, it it didn't do it well. Um, it had a lot of um, just like I said that that unexplained power yeah. that he had, right? You know, I like it was the force it was the force I, I, I don't know, it was their version it, of the it, force it was the, it was the force yeah it was the force yeah, and yeah. even the blue energy when you saw him do it it was it was force like um i'm going to tony I, question to you if you if you was mark Wahlberg yes. 
and you got thrusted into this world and a woman that more or less came through like a Terminator and said, come with me if you want to live type thing. Like, and she takes you to an airplane, whatever, a jet, private jet. Are you getting on that jet? Honestly. Like red red pill, blue pill. Red pill, blue pill. You getting on that jet? His performance in that moment was the most authentic thing about this film. Legit, what he did first was question her and say like, do you know what? I know what this is. I've been off my meds and I've actually gone crazy. This is absolutely nonsense. Like none of this stuff makes sense. That was the most genuine thing to feel. Even afterwards when he kind of said, you know what? Screw it. I actually have nothing else going on in my life. I'm Azuka. And I feel like it was a missed opportunity for the film to actually make an observation where it's like, imagine if if you're in that situation. Like you do suffer from schizophrenia, right? Or some sort of, um, you know, condition, mental condition, right? In that moment in time, you're being told something so outlandish that you can't help think that you might be having another psychotic break. At that point, at that point, he makes the decision to agree to go with it. And I think the reason why that feels like authentic, at least to me, because I'll, I'll be like, actually, this is the only reality I can perceive right now. Even if all of this is nonsense, like, it, I don't actually lose anything by just going on this ride. Obviously, you don't know but the potential death that's looming around the corner because it's actually is happening to you. But like the alternative is he goes back to his life where he can't afford to his drugs and ends up having other psychotic breaks or eventually being tracked down by this murderous guy. So in that moment, it seemed genuine that he did actually kind of question her and say like, no, I'm not interested and walk away. Then she says something to convince him. And I think he's kind of like, you know, if I am crazy... I'm not going to get any crazier than this story that I'm hearing right now. I might as well see how far this goes. Also, was he going to go back to? What is like, he going to go he, back he to? He just got caught with a, he got caught with a katana. Yeah. He was literally busted out of a, a, a prison. Yeah. Reminded me quite a little bit about a Tron legacy, how um, the also female protagonist mm-hmm. rode in, in a very beastly car yeah. to make the uh, main male character escape. Yeah. I need to watch that um, movie again. Where's he going to go back to? Huh? I need to watch that movie again. That that movie is like it's yeah. not amazing, but like there's something about the aesthetic not, that just isn't. kind of like this is enjoyable. Did you ever watch it in cinema? I did watch it in cinema. I was disappointed, but um, still to this day is one of the the, the sty- most stylish films that I've actually watched in terms of like yeah. visual aesthetics. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Not really that great to actually enjoy the story. But no. go back to the, the point to your comparison. I'm gonna agree to disagree. I see your points. I think they're tenuous at best because there's hundreds of films that kind of you could argue are very similar oh, yeah. and you know pre 1000%. predate Matrix, but I get it when you're watching it. That's the impression it gives you. For me, I actually got more of an impression from a film series called The Highlander, uh, where it deals directly with reincarnation, less less uh, to the sense of being born again in a new life, more reinvention. Right. So in Highlander. Uh, for any person that doesn't know, because it's a very old series, it's about uh, these few people on the planet that basically can't die. Uh, they've been blessed or cursed, depending on how you see it, to basically live forever. If they do die, they immediately heal and come back to life. Uh, but within this, there's actually a few factions. Maybe, you know, you could argue two factions, but there's multiple factions you could argue. Uh, but the idea is these immortals were either created or given disabilities or infected infected uh, uh, with these abilities by some sort of extra dimensional extraterrestrial species for a, a game essentially 
and they have to basically they are attracted to each other they there's this energy that pulls them together to force them to fight to the death now again i made a point that they can't die like you know you shoot them you stab them come back the own but the only way to actually kill them is to behead them and when you behead them there's this thing that happens called the quickening like massive lightning and it's the transfer of energy from one entity to the other so even the concepts in the film again this is tenuous but again to you know to your side you know you watch these things you see the similarities they could be tenuous but you you can't help take you there but the concept of like in the show the only way to actually stop the reincarnation of these infinites is to basically shoot them with this bullet that essentially downloads their brain onto it. They don't really explain the science into it because I think other shows and movies have in a way. That was the dumbest idea in the entire it was a dumb idea. It was a dumb idea, but also a cool idea, but poorly executed. So it ended up made it look like an even dumber idea. I think if they delve so, into the science of it a bit more, then cool. The soul can be computerized. Yeah, it was dumb. Off. <laughs> it was dumb in execution, so dumb. but I think it was a cool concept because what it what it could actually been linked into is you know the concept of the singularity, right? Yeah, yeah, cool. So for people that don't know what the singularity is, is the concept that technology can get to a point where it's so sufficiently sophisticated that if we could we would be able to download our every single brain process that we have, every single neuron into digital form. And essentially the belief is that your soul, your identity is just basically your brain, your thought processes. If you can download that into a machine, into a server, essentially you live forever. And that's what the show, the movie kind of does where these bullets that are kind of part electronic when shot into the brain actually downloads your consciousness, ergo your soul, and you are trapped there. You cannot reincarnate. And so the nihilist, the evil side, I think the good guys, the believers also have this technology, but you never see them use it until maybe the end, I believe. Um, and even then, I'm not too sure, but the Nihilists use it, especially Chiwetel Ejiofor's character. Um, he uses it a lot. Um, and he's got this whole wall filled with people that he is basically downloaded to prevent them from coming back and basically being being a, a thorn in his side because it's kind of cl clever, right? If you kill them and they come back, they have their memories. It's like you have this never-ending war. So he's done this thing to end this war. It's just that the, the execution was bad. Long story short, again, yeah. I said this at the beginning, this movie sucks. This movie's bad. Yeah, yeah. It was a waste of its budget. I, I've, got, I've got a question Go for you. For I've got a question for you about this yeah. one. All right, Tony. Because we were aware of a, a couple that are romantically mm -hmm. involved. Right? Yes. Cool. Um, I, 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 I've got a dark <laughs> idea or, or theory. So they seem to always reincarnate similar ages, right? Let's say one person dies. Right. Now, this is one thing, one of two things that can happen. Yes. And your mind has probably gone to where I'm mm -hmm. thinking. Right? I'm already there so with one you. one person dies yeah. and, and, and they reincarnate. Now, the love of your life is, is three years old. Right. right. <laughs> and, you're, and, you're, and you're in your 50s. Mm -hmm. What now? <laughs> That's the first yeah. thing. Um, the, se the the second thing is okay. What you could do is okay. It's grim now. Yeah. Now that the love of my life has died, 
I kill myself yeah. so that we can be the same. Do you know the crazy thing is, Tony? Which option would you well, choose? If, which option would I choose? <laughs> it's like if they, well, the crazy thing is they're in the middle of a war, right? So maybe they can't really choose. But the vibe that I got, especially with the end, is that they kind of wait for the person to one regain their memories and to come at the appropriate time. So perfect examples like you look at Chiwetel Ejiofor's character and you look at his previous love interest who works for the Believers. And, you know, she's significantly older than him. Um, she's, uh, I think she's, you know, handy. I don't know what's the politically correct word, but she's not uh, f- fully able. She's in a wheelchair. Um, she has a disability. She has a disability. And she's chosen, and he asks her the question is like, why do you cling to this existence? You know, why do you cling, cling to this frail body? Oh, I think it's a two-part question where it's like, why are you choosing to stay alive? We've been doing this for ages. And if you're going to be alive, why are you choosing to stay in that body? It's like, it's a problem. Like you're stuck in a wheelchair. And she makes the point. It's like struggle is beautiful. You know, being human is beautiful. Being alive is beautiful. I know you don't get it, but like, I'm only in this body for a lifetime. I know when I die, I'm going to have another one and it's going to come with its own challenges, you know? The 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 other interesting thing that they don't delve into is that what happens when you come back and you're a man. But, but yeah, you, yeah, I, I was I was I was wondering if they were actually going to pull that. They they, they, but they, they, didn't, but they, they didn't. They didn't, and it's like that's the thing. Do you know what this movie also reminded me of? But it's also, it's like it's similar but both different at the same time. The old guard. The old guard. Yes, another an, yeah, a Disney yeah. a, a Netflix movie. Uh, dealing with immortals that die and you know relationships specifically where there's two people in it both men that you know discovered each other years ago and they love each other and stuff like that but um it's it's very it's very different to the old god just besides from that you know the concept of you know never ending life honestly besides from how bad this movie is the thing that i really like again was chiwetel ejiofor I liked it. I liked his portrayal of his oh, character, he was the best part. and I liked the motivations of his character. I'm pretty much who he would have been. I would have been on his flex to basically say, "No, I've had enough of living. It sucks. Humanity sucks. Living sucks. Like I die, and when I'm bored, my memories don't come later. I'm I'm getting my memories in the womb. Do you know what that feels like?" You're stuck there, cramped in a belly. You can't see anything. You can't move anything. You're not strong enough to do nothing. But you remember everything. You just remembered that you got stabbed through the forehead in a battlefield somewhere, and now you're born again. It's like good grief. This stuff never ends yeah. for me. I want to. I just. I want to be done. I'm done with these streets. And if I have to take humanity out with me, that's a small price to pay. So I've been around for like a thousand years. I. I. I I've, that's too much yeah. life for anybody. I get it. Yeah. They. They. I. I. I really hope that this well I, I loved the idea of yeah it. i love the idea of it but the execution it almost felt a, a bit too like mo- mo- modern day uh uh, uh trashy action film it wasn't even like, a good okay, action film make, i remember yeah what, they, they, they they weren't trying to say anything deeper or, or smart there was like it. two I was action philosophy like two legit action scenes. um yeah. It's not, it's yeah. like it reminded me of Suicide Squad. No, no, you can't call yourself an action movie when you have two action scenes. No, you're a movie that happens to have action. That's what you are. Um, well, Tony, you, you say that, but what genre would you call this? I, I, Action's I, the most I, I prominent. Call, it's not the best, it's, it's not the best thing. It's no, do you know what I'll, I'll call it? I would, uh, 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 more, more so prominent than action is a schlocky sci fi movie. 
I would even I would even give this the distinction of being action because the action one wasn't that great and there was like two scenes of it. Sure, you by that definition and that consolation prize, you can call it an action film, but there's other films out there that like sci-fi and high concept that have no action in it and maybe have one person punching yeah. somebody and if you want to call that action. This was cool. Let's say for the argument it's an action movie. It's a sucked as an action movie, sucked as a sci-fi movie, sucked as a movie, period. Um, it failed yeah. on so many it levels. Was, it, it had messages that went nowhere and it had talent that was completely useless. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, people have a lot of opinions about Mark Wahlberg. I actually thought he was actually good in this. He just wasn't given any good material. He tried his best with a very piss poor script and it was piss poor. But it's like even basic questions like that was actually answered in The Old God, right? A basic question of existence, right? Why are we here? They never really explain why the infinites are here. The infinites believe that they're here to make the world a better place. But it's like, look at the world, bruv. You have done nothing. At least in the old God, you see that she popped up throughout history doing miraculous things, but try to keep herself hidden. And this person is actually, oh, he was he also, was in, that also well. in that as well. Oh. You know, he must have thought to himself, Wild. why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this? I did, I did a better version of this previously. Like, yeah, but he wanted to be the villain. That's and maybe why. he did want he to be a villain, but the, the, at least the old guard answered that question. This movie, it poses the question of like, why are we here? And they give an answer of like, oh, we believe that we was here to make humanity better, but you haven't done that. You haven't even shown me that you've done that. The old guard has done that. Exactly. Even if, if it's in pictures, exactly. the old guard has done that. You have been here for however long, I'm assuming it's at least 2,000 years. They don't really say how long the infinites have been around, but you have done nothing. For the most part, you've just fought in wars. Yeah, yeah. And it, it almost uh, makes the bad guy's uh, rationale a bit stronger. It does. Mainly because because it's clear that I don't believe in what you are talking about anymore yeah. because it hasn't really made a difference because this isn't an alternate uh, uh, um, alternate history. No. It's it feels like it was still this world today, yeah. where it's still wars and problems and, and Although, issues. It's like yo, so you lot have been here for thousands of years, or, or, or how many hundreds of years, and, and nothing. Although there's there's one thing that I want to throw in. Five hundred of you guys. I want to throw into the fact yeah. that like it might be an alternate reality because look at that technology, Ken. The way it just comes out of nowhere, nobody explains it. You got uh, this guy, this yeah. AR drone yeah. system where the guy's just able to to control it by flapping his arms around like an idiot. That was excessive. You've got, you know, consciousness, consciousness downloading bullets, which again, don't really make sense because what happens if the bullet goes through and through? What happens if you shoot somebody in the arm? They don't get into that. It's just that... You, Tony, you're doing that thing again. You're doing that thing again, Tony. What, trying to make sense of something? You're asking smart, you're asking smart questions about a dumb film. Just how like they had the steering wheel swap positions okay, that was so dope. that she could... That was dope. So, Oh, no, no, no. I'm not dying. Yeah. It was dope. But what what was the point? Is it back to the rule of cool? Yeah. Because they swapped positions of who was yeah. driving, right? And then they turned it around just like he was mm -hmm. doing in his previous life when he was driving backwards. Yes. But there was an actual purpose for him turning mm -hmm. around in his previous life when he was driving backwards. Because he flipped the car around, driving backwards. He pulled out his gun and he shot out a light on the helicopter yeah. so he can cover himself. Yeah. So, the, And that's why he was driving backwards. In this one, he starts driving like, flip the car, start driving backwards. They did that. That led to nothing. nothing. It was it just was a just cool like scene. It, so once again, my question is to you, mm -hmm. Tony. Does the rule of cool apply here? I think the rule of cool doesn't apply here because this movie wasn't cool. It sucked. And I actually feel like I'm done talking about it.
No, I'm talking about that scene. Oh, no, no, no. I, I include that scene. That scene sucked. <laughs> that scene sucked, so it wasn't cool. Thank you. The rule of cool doesn't apply. No. They didn't even know that there was a rule no. of cool. They were just like, oh, we're going to do something. Why? Just because. We feel like it. We got it in the budget. Um, but, yeah, this I wouldn't recommend anybody watch this movie. This movie's bad. It's, it's, don't waste your time. Even if you're a Mark Wahlberg f- a fan, there's other more interesting things. But... Uh, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, I think we can blow through uh, this one very quickly. I want to talk about Disney Plus's Loki. Ken, uh, break break oh, yeah. down to me. Actually, you know, I'm gonna do one half of this, and I want you to do another half. I'm gonna break down the brief history of Loki, and I want you to break down episode one. Is that, are you down with that? Yeah. Let's okay. Do it. Let's do so it. in the MCU, you got the brief uh, history of Loki, whereby. He is the brother of Thor, where he, well he believes he is. Uh, in actuality, he is actually um a frost giant, but was born a bit meek. That during an old battle, uh, between the frost giants and the Asga- Asgardians, uh, o- uh, Odin takes him in, takes him in, and raises him as his own son. In the first Thor movie, he discovers this. He tries to usurp the throne while Odin is in the Odin sleep. And battle ensues between him and Thor and he's ultimately defeated and falls into a black hole and Thor believes that I lost my brother. Like he became a villain but I loved him and he fell into this black hole and he's lost forever. Flash forward to Avengers, you discovered that he didn't actually die when he fell through the black hole. He actually ended up with Thanos and Thanos actually uh, tasked him with going back to Earth with a massive army, a massive armada and taking over earth and getting it prepared for well that's this is the thing about loki which we'll get into the show loki is a bit player and he's always been a bit player and he doesn't even realize he's a bit player because it, with all of this right he goes to back to earth he tries to take over he's been given a massive army and he still loses to what five six people he loses right and he gets captured in yeah. Thor 2. He's mostly imprisoned. He's doing his mercurial God of Mischief thing. He screws over people. He betrays Thor. Not going to get into the dark world because it was a rubbish film. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we move on from there. And it looks like Loki dies. But in actuality, what he's done is that he's kidnapped Odin. He's posing as Odin and now ruling over Asgard, where we reach Thor Ragnarok. Thor discovers that Loki's actually been impersonating uh, Odin all this time and basically confronts his brother. They chose to try to find Odin, Odin for Odin to eventually pass of old age. What happens is there's a revelation. They have a sister, Hela. Battle ensues. They join forces, but end up scattered into space and they meet up on Sakaar where Loki's living the good life with the ruler of Sakaar, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, be- not the Beyonder, sorry. Uh, it's not the Collector, it's the brother of the Collector, the, for the sake of argument, my, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, because I can't remember the guy's name. Um, and through that film, you see that there's a bond that forms with Loki and Thor, and they become almost brothers again. Like they, Thor has always loved Loki, and Loki has always hated himself, but he's projected that onto Thor, and he believed that 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 was true hate, but it was it never was. 
but by the end of the film, they're cool again, they're brothers again, but that links into Infinity War, where when they're on a spaceship headed to somewhere safer, I'm assuming Earth, they get attacked by Thanos himself, who's had enough of all of this chicanery, all of this nonsense. I'm going to get stuff done myself. Attacks the ship, boards it, proceeds to kick the ever-litting crap out of the Hulk. Then turns his gaze onto Loki and goes, hey, Loki, you got some explaining to do. I gave you some money. I gave you some uh, an army. I gave you a scepter, you right? And you got beaten by six people. What's going on? And he said, oh, do you know what? My bad, bro. Um, do you know what? Let me show my loyalty to you. I'm going to bend a knee. I'm going to bend a knee. Ah, psych! I got a knife to your neck. And, you know, Thanos uses the one of the stones to freeze Loki takes Loki by the neck and just snaps his head, effectively killing Loki. And the amount of times I've actually had conversations with my brother about this because he just recently watched Endgame. And say so like, the new Loki show is not the same Loki that you see in the MCU because that Loki dies. What you discover is in Endgame, there's a time aberration that occurs whereby when they go back in time to try and steal the Infinity Stones at different points in history, they mess up with the Cosmic Cube, the Tesseract. And that Loki, within that moment in time, creates a deviation by taking the Space Stone and teleporting elsewhere. Elsewhere, And that's what leads us into Loki. Ken, take it away. Yeah, so a uh, very nice recap of Loki leading up to where he is mm-hmm. now. So, just like you said, he went through all that character growth, all that trying to get comfortable with himself, being able to be okay with himself and his brother and the situation still being very mischievous, even down to his last mischievous trick into trying to stab Thanos before he snapped his neck. He uh, d- uh, developed as a character, even, um, which is weird, him coming across the Avengers mm-hmm. and the last Avenger that he did come across, they were on the same side, which is the Hulk, where the Hulk was smashing his face on the yeah. ground in Stark Tower. To the point where he was saying to Thanos, well, we have a Hulk. And then sicking the Hulk on Thanos yes. to see that growth of Loki. And then Loki, the TV show, completely unwinds all yes. of that. We, 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 we backpedal, and not in a negative way, like it's just a, a new outtake, but we backpedal all the way back to where he first got captured by the Avengers after they defeated yes. him. And he um, saw an opportunity and he took it in his mischievous, mischievous way. Um, so the Tesseract got out of its box. Um, Loki picked it up and then he jumped through a uh, space portal where he landed on a desert. A Mongolian desert. Uh, very far away. Mongolian yeah. desert. Uh, across uh, across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, from this point he took the opportunity and now this is where he is and then immediately um, not even a minute has gone by um, we have the is it TVA? The TVA I believe that stands for the Time Variance Agency Authority Time Variance Authority the Time Variance Authority yes. come through their, uh, science, uh, their, their time travel doors and more or less tell Loki, yeah, you, you're in breach of uh, the one and only timeline. Um, this is not where you're supposed to be. And as Loki is, he is very entitled. He's very uh, regal in the way that he does things. He's very, no, I'm leaving. Goodbye. And they try to escape and then he gets slapped, sucker punched mm. with a time stick where he still felt every single second, but he moved at 1 16th of his pace. They basically take him in for processing um, and they uh, put him into court. And in the lead up to him getting to court, we got to see a lot more about 
the TVA's base. Uh, we got to see how they uh, process people. They remove your clothes. They make you sign off everything you've ever said, even the worst that he was just about to say. Um, and then he had a very, very philosophical um, moment <laughs> in the series uh, where the, uh, the person was like, if you're a robot, if you walk through this, you'll a bit more or less be liquefied. And, you know, so answer truthfully, are you a robot? It's like, but what what if I don't know if I'm a robot? And he was kind of hesitant to walk through the machine. And I thought that was a pretty good uh, scene. That was like, funny. Uh, these Marvel shows always keep finding ways to bring philosophy back into yeah. it. But then we not spend too much time on this beginning part. So uh, we later find out that um, he gets put on trial. Yes for um, his shenanigans of escaping that particular timeline, which I'm going to get onto in a second, which I think is kind of un uh, unfair. Mm -hmm. um, but remind me about that later on. Um, he uh, He's about to be told that uh, um, he's about to be reset or removed from the time stream or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then our uh, very heroic Owen Wilson comes in to say, well, more or less try and... It's kind of, it's kind of like that uh, informant. Yeah that you see in all these uh, crime or, or drug TV shows or films where like they get captured and like, all right, cool. You could, you could use your skills and work for us type thing. And that's more or less what Owen Wilson was trying to get him to yeah. do through um, very calculated therapy. So he took him into a room, he showed him a bit of his life and he was asking very, you know, questions that a therapist would ask, even though Loki was always trying to escape. He was trying to get the best on him. He was always trying to lie and cheat his way out of it. And he was slowly trying to get him to understand that, okay, cool. Your purpose wasn't for greatness. Your purpose was to ensure other people could be yeah. great. And that's a lot to accept, yeah. knowing that you, in your mind, you're always destined for greatness. You're, you you want to be destined for king. I should rule, rule as God. I, I, I will, everyone would kneel or bend the knee to me. And it was rough for him to take to the point where he had tried to escape. He tried to get the Tesseract again, try to get the Infinity Stones. But um, he later realizes this area that the TVA is in, Infinity Stones, we, for, for all the, was it four phases? Four phases, everyone was going nuts over the Infinity yeah. Stones. Four phases. And then they became trinkets, doorstops, mm -hmm. you know, a paperweight when you reach this area. So it's almost as if this place is beyond your wildest expectations and dreams of what you think is power. Yeah. This place is beyond power. It's beyond the Infinity Stones. And it kind of humbled him. And we get to see a little bit him kind of like uh, 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 truly getting it to the point he made a bit of a breakthrough after he saw the ending of his mm -hmm. life, after he came to a really nice breakthrough about like, okay, I I, I do this because I'm really scared. I, I do this because, you know, I'm trying to mask uh, how scared of a little man I yeah. am. Which is great because that sets him up to have a mini arc in a very short amount of time yeah. that took years and multiple films and, and you know, you know, and, and I like that that happened. Now, very, very quickly before we move on and talk about the next thing, just because before I forget the whole thing about him going on trial, I think it's very unfair because to Loki, all he's doing is like he doesn't know about, you know, escaping through time or whatever. This is all new right. to him. Loki was just doing Loki yeah. stuff. And then now he's put on trial for doing Loki stuff, but he doesn't know he was committing a yeah. crime or a time crime or whatever until he was there. So I don't know, is them being erased, resetting the timeline so that he moves back without his memories? Or is it, you know, 
he's just removed from existence. I think he's just which I, I found. Well, he's not. He's not going to be. I think he's just going to erase that version of him. I think and reset. I think that version of him was going to be destroyed the same way they do it. They do it to the the timelines that get Another created. Guy. So that what they did to that guy, I think that's what those those lamps are. So in the show, you see that when they go to a new timeline or a barren timeline that's created, they leave this lamp on the floor and you don't see what happens to it. You get, it's like a hard cut. But my belief is the same thing that happens to that guy that was rude, that didn't want to take a ticket. So there's this guy in the scene where he's due to be tried because he's another time aberration. He chooses not to follow the rules, including taking a ticket to queue up, even though there's no queue. Uh, he suffers the consequences. He's deleted from time. Yeah. All time. Yeah. And I think that's what happens when you get put on trial. It's like, hey, you don't, you're not supposed to exist anyway. This is just a formality. Bye-bye. And I think that's what they do to those timelines when they put those lamps down. It literally erases that timeline. And um, yeah, it's uh, the concepts of this show are so dope. I don't know how Marvel manages to do it, but they've always seemed to find in small ways something original to do with their properties, right? You wouldn't imagine this being a storyline used for Loki. I could imagine this being more at home and maybe an issue of Fantastic Four. Um, but just the fact that, you know, you have Loki, he was so belligerent, so rude, so entitled. Uh, this belief of this thing that he he's repeated ever since the Avengers that he is burdened with great purpose and he is burdened with great purpose, but he just never, he never wanted to accept that his great purpose was to make other people reach their purpose. He hasn't, he, this is the problem with Loki. He didn't realize that he's never been in the issue of Loki all this time. He's been in the issue of the Avengers. He's been in issues of Thor he believed yeah. that he was the headliner and now he is the headliner because where the show goes um spoiler alert is that owen wilson's character who's one of the agents uh in the uh, time variance authority he's basically said we need you to basically hunt down a really really bad time aberration and this person is the worst of the worst like and we just can't seem to get them and Loki asks well who is this time aberration and he said well technically you're perfect for the job because the time aberration is you so there's another version of Loki out there reeking a muck in the time stream and Loki has to uh, go in and sort things out um, I'm going to wrap this up and say quickly off the bat I love this first episode I think it was a strong opening I think the imagination of creating visually and story-wise the time variance agency absolutely brilliantly done like i've never been really familiar with them in the comic books to say if they nailed them or not but what they put on screen it was like this is visually interesting it reminds me of the first time i saw inception and i saw like the world fold in on itself um i thought the performances were spot on tom hiddleston killing it with his t comedic timing you know, his delivery of mercurialness and sliveriness. Uh, Owen Wilson playing Owen Wilson, you know, the uh, the cool everyday guy. You know, uh, I just, uh, just kind of talk like this in everything I do. I'm a cool guy. Hey, Loki, I need your wow. help. Um, 
but it's so dope. It's so dope. Like, you know, you got a Gugu Bafarov, which you don't really see her in the show much. She plays kind of like the adjudicator appointed by the uh, people that created the TVA. Um, you also have oh, Wunmi uh, Mosaku. I absolutely love her. I've been a fan of her since... Um, bah, bah, bah. Yeah. Since, uh, yeah. what was it? Uh, God, what was that show? The uh, Lovecraft Country. I think she was absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant in Lovecraft Country. Um, you also have Eugene Cordero as Casey. He has a very small role, but he's the one that you saw. He just has yeah. a drawer full of uh, Infinity Stones that he just uses Infinity paperweights. I wonder if he's going to come back. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this show, Ken. This show is... Is brilliant. I'm excited for season uh, to ep- for episode two, um, and I got a feeling though it's not gonna hit the zeitgeist like, um, like, One Division and like, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I could be wrong because I was wrong about Falcon and Winter Soldiers. Falcon and Winter Soldier definitely did hit the zeitgeist. It's just. It just blew me. I was, I just kind of like took it for granted that like no, this is going to be a conventional kind of action show. So maybe people won't be won't be going in like that. Um, but I don't know. It was a. Uh, it was really good. Um, let's just wrap up by me saying uh, I absolutely loved this uh, episode of Loki. It was absolutely brilliant, and I recommend everybody watching this this is going to be a banger of the show i'm loving what disney plus is doing with their shows each one of them has their different flavor and i'm just loving the ice cream ken to you yeah they're getting really creative with the uh with the show they're they're getting really um uh they're having fun with it because even down to the db cooper uh theory which was pretty damn cool i think um i I remember seeing articles about that and as usual people getting offended and i think to myself get over yourself People got offended. People got offended over someone yeah, because it, that disappeared into honestly, thin air. Mate, I couldn't tell you, but there was a hit piece because this was leaked quite a while ago that he was going to be playing DB oh. Cooper. But um, but yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> it's, it, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, and you know they they've done things like this in previous films before, yeah. so yeah, I, I'm all for it. But yeah, man, like um. Like, I, like you said, uh, it's a very fun show mm-hmm. so far. Really interesting. It's a good way to start off. Like I said, I, I have a funny idea of how the arc's going to yeah. go. Uh, it's nice to see that we have the ruthless Loki, but with a slightly different perspective, yeah. not uh, one that's gone through growth. So he's still going to be mischievous. He's still going to be a bit devious, yeah. which uh, we all love to see. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all for okay. it. Okay. Move for it. Well, on that note, Ken, I think this is a perfect place to wrap up the episode. Um, how do you feel about this week's Ken? How do you, do you do you enjoy it? Um, I'm still behind mm-hmm. on stuff. There's so much, There's to, so watch. much to watch, <laughs> but so much uh, to watch. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying. Just a it. quick shout out for some of the things that we haven't discussed, but um, one specifically is Superman and Lois, which you're behind on. But uh, this show has just gone from strength to strength. Where it's going story-wise, I'm really, really excited. There's no spoilers. We're not going to discuss it here. But definitely recommend people to watch uh, Superman and Lois. So on that note, guys, we appreciate you listening to us this week. Uh, We've been a bit delayed because, you know, again, life gets in the way. But we're always going to be there to keep the show going. And we appreciate you sticking around with us. 
Uh, I would like to wrap up the show by saying thank you. Follow us on social media, Royal.Majesty, on Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And I am Mr. Ken for my partner, Ken, here. And uh, peace. Adios, people.